Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Life Made Easy podcast. Today, we've got Scott, myself, Tim, and hello. we've got Ben here. Guys, you want to say hello? All right, gone. get it on your own. What's up, Hugh Myers? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So today, we have an exciting episode for you guys, all about the Clone Wars Season 7. Specifically, we're going to be talking about Episode 9 um, and all the different things with the beginning of the finale. So should be pretty exciting to start things off. I've got a question of the day. I'll let Ben and Scott each answer, and then I'll give my answer. Overall, what is your best arc of the Clone Wars, in your opinion? The whole show? Besides this one. The whole show. What's the best arc? Mortis. Why? Come on. <laughs> if you've seen Mortis, you know why. Which one was Mortis again? If you haven't seen Mortis, you need to see Mortis. Which one was that? The one where they go to the uh, Force planet realm thing with the father and son and daughter oh that was so good yep i had to speak quickly because i didn't want scott to take it <laughs> all right but why you can't just say come on mortis what specifically about that arc how it actually showed anakin as the chosen one and the expectation and the path that he was clearly on but then mm -hmm how there was clearly a twisting of that and how we know what will happen afterwards that veers him off that path and the kind perfect of, setup for it. Yeah, it kind of dispenses with like that suspicion. What if Anakin's not the chosen one? You know, all these other people that potentially could be. That arc really like establishes he is the chosen one. Yeah. And I like when the evil dude like shows him what his future will be. Darth Vader appears behind him. Yeah. So yep. Have you guys seen the Phantom Menace? Uh, no. Poster with yeah. No, you haven't seen it. <laughs> the poster <laughs> where little little Anakin has the shadow of Darth Vader behind him. I love yeah, that poster. I've seen that. I actually have, I actually haven't. You probably Google that. it real quick. Yeah. Um. What about you, Scott? Now uh, Mortis is off the table, I, and this arc is off the table. Okay, so I'd have to go with the Maul and Savage arc. Mm -hmm. um, just from, like, I like the the development, or, like, I like how dynamic that arc was from beginning to end. Like, you start off with uh, Savage, who's, like, just a normal uh, one of Maul's species. He's got, like, nothing special about him. And then they take him to Mother uh, Talzin, uh, and she, like uses her witch stuff to like make him jacked and everything uh, and then if she it was that easy <laughs> and then yeah. she send, and then she sends him to go find maul who's in some junkyard with spider legs and he finds maul um he brings maul back and then he like they give him brand new like actual legs um so they heal maul and then like they become like a tag team like going around uh the uh the galaxy and um they get involved with like space pirates um and then I just like how, like, throughout the whole development of it, they end up leading, like, Mandalore. And then I got to, like, I got to give it to that last battle scene with um, Savage Maul fighting uh, um, Darth Sidious at the end there. That's such a fun battle. Sidious just showing off how powerful he is. Yeah, and then oh, you no. see, and then, spoiler alert, but you see Savage, like, finally die. And while he's dying, he has all, like, the green... Uh, uh, which stuff coming out of him and you see him like die as like a normal person again 
yeah. Throwback um, to when Tim thought that that green stuff was his gaseous blood. And I was like, <laughs> I, no, Tim. That was the way I magic. thought that would have been like a cool twist, you know, about that species. There's so much stuff on Wikipedia that you can like find out about all these different like species in Star Wars. Oh, well. I was wrong there, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love how one of Savage's last lines there is, I'm not like you, brother. He says that to Maul. Yeah. Overall, one of the most impressive things about that arc was Darth Maul was like totally dead. Everybody knew that he was dead, but they act, they honestly made it work him coming back. So that I thought that was mm-hmm. a pretty impressive feat. Yeah. How um, about you, Tim? So Mortis and the Darth Maul arc, Darth Maul and Savage arc are off the table. Um, <laughs> I honestly think it didn't affect my favorite. My favorite is probably when Yoda figures out how to come back from the dead as a force ghost. I knew you were um, going to say that. I love when, like, that entire planet is just so weird that he goes to with all the force priestesses. Yeah. And I think it's such an interesting arc and following up, you know, when they figure out everything about the clones and how, like, the entire Clone Wars is a pointless battle. Um, I just love, like, everything that goes into that, the battle that he has with Sidious to try to save Anakin and, like, everything that's going on there about, like, the Jedi and the Sith literally fighting over Anakin and how he's almost just a tool for both sides. So, overall, I love that arc. Um, Dooku and Sidious doing the Sith alchemy, I think, is so cool. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something you don't see much in, like, the TV shows or in the movies. So, I thought that was really cool. It was a good arc. I also like how um, it showed Anakin, like, cutting Dooku's head off exactly how it was in Revenge of the Sith. That was so awesome. All right. Um so moving on to the topic of the episode, Clone Wars Season 7, Episode 9. Spoiler warning, you guys should totally go to Disney+. Plus. Watch this now. If you haven't watched it, click away um, because this is going to be filled with spoilers. But I think we're ready to go now that we gave the spoiler warning. Mm-hmm. Um, so one, one of the first things I wanted to talk about was the first second of the show when they showed the original Lucasfilm logo going back to 1977 when... Uh, Star Wars first came out. Yep, I thought that that was a great way to signify that this was going to be something special that we were about to see. Oh yeah, big time. It was basically like Kathleen Kennedy, you're not a part of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I kind of got. It was those basically vibes Lucas, too. Lucas being like, "Yeah, I have Star Wars, and now not you." Yeah, <laughs> it's, <fine. laughs> it's like I thought that was really clever on their part. And it shows a red Star Wars logo. When, that was awesome. When we wait, I saw a video on that. When was that? That was shown somewhere else. I know Last We're, Jedi had a red logo. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, not in the movie, but in all the advertising. Yeah. It was in another Star Wars uh, movie or something. I can't remember though. Okay. Um, what did you guys think of the cinematography? I thought I was watching a movie. Honestly, it was I so good. Some parts. Um, think about like the original Clone Wars movie, like how much it's, how far it's come since then. Yeah, I, I, I watched a video of like the, the original Clone Wars movie today and I was like watching, um, I was just like comparing them side by side and it was like, wow, like back then, the 
there was the facial expressions were really bad. There wasn't as much detail on the characters. Um, if you go back and look at like what Ahsoka looks like, especially she looks completely different now. Um, well, that's also due to age and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like the battle sequences back then, like it just it looked. What? When did Clone Wars start? Twenty. Twenty something. Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Wars movie. Yeah. So, like, think about how old that technology was, especially uh, for film and animation. And so, like, there in Clone Wars is different than other um, kinds of animation because it, it requires so much like three D rendering. Yeah. But yeah, I like, love how like Anakin's hair actually flowed. Obi Wan's cloak actually flowed. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka's like skirt thing. I don't know. But yeah, Tim, you were right about how back then they had to have all the Jedi like wear the armor and stuff because they couldn't get those uh, like blowing in the wind effects. But now they can. Mm-hmm. Now they can. Update my Wi Fi is struggling. You're still fine, at least on, okay. on my end. Cool. Um, one of the things with the cinematography that really struck me was I think Lucas always strived to make Star Wars like cutting edge with new technologies. You know, I think that's one of the reasons why the originals have lasted so long because everything was so advanced for its time. And arguably that's one of the downfalls of the prequels because especially with Phantom Menace, he went so heavy with CGI and it was really the first movie to do CGI the way that it did. So he was pushing it forward. And obviously the CGI is aged somewhat poorly in certain spots. Mm-hmm. But with this, um, this group of episodes for the Clone Wars, I just felt like the animation was so great. And I think it goes back kind of to Lucasfilm's roots of pushing technology forward. And honestly, I'm not an animator. I don't really know what this stuff takes. But it seemed like there were more explosions going on than we had ever seen before. More particle effects, um, more characters on screen. When they had all the Mandalorians with the jetpacks all at the same time, I felt like it was really pushing things forward for the first time, really, since Disney has bought Lucasfilm. Yeah, why was Especially it- considering... What were we saying, Tim? Especially, especially considering that this was originally animated back in 2014... Um, they never finished the project, but I'd imagine a lot of these same, like, they probably didn't add that many more um, Mandalorians with jetpacks for this version than the original 2014 version. Yeah, why is it that they decided to, like, add all these crazy, um, like, visual effects for, like, this episode, yet, like, some episodes in, like, previous, in some previous episodes in the season kind of, like, I mean, they still look good, but, like, this one, like, was completely different you know what i'm saying yeah i think it's probably just the the time that's gone by and this is the finale so they're they're putting everything out that they can it's gonna be a long arc it might be because like the other episodes didn't have like action as many action sequences in them so maybe you couldn't get the full effect yeah I almost wonder if most of the time, money, and energy put into season seven really went into this arc, and they kind of ignored the first two. And that's why people had mixed feelings about the first two arcs. But at the end of the day, I do think the truth is 
They were average arcs. They weren't bad arcs. Yeah. They seem like filler. Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's true. Um, <laughs> so should we move on to like some specific content of the arc or the episode? Yeah. Uh, how about how about the just like the 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 intro where it just like it did like a flash sequence of all these different uh, Jedi on the outer rim. Um, they did a brief. Um, they showed Grievous on the original ship. What was it called? The, the Invisible Hand. They, they showed him on the Invisible Hand, brought back a lot of memories from Revenge of the Sith. Um, and then they hinted at, um, they hinted at uh, Grievous going to capture the Chancellor, which as we discussed, we want, I, I wish they would show that instead of just narrate it. It's cool like mm -hmm. we got a narration about it, but if they actually showed that going down, it would be cool if they made the uh, original Clone Wars series from the early 2000s, at least the finale of that, canon, because that does show the battle on Coruscant trying to take the Chancellor. Um, and it seemed like this arc really left all that intact. Like, in the original arc, Shakti goes to protect uh, the Chancellor, and then she gets taken up to the Invisible Hand, and then that's why that deleted scene ended up in uh, Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. So I think we kind of have that story, but it would be interesting if they canonized that story. Yeah. And then we also see, um, I'm so bad with Jedi names, um, Tim, but it's all the main. I think I also kind of got like that little bit that I was hoping for. Oh, Ben, do you see it? Oh, never mind. <laughs> Did I freeze? No, 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 I think Ben froze. For, I'm, I'm sorry, Tim froze for one sec. I know they showed Plo Koon for a quick second. Are we back? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, Tim. And Ayla Sakura is the blue Jedi. Gotcha. Do you know what planets they were on? Uh, Felucia and Cato Nemoidia. I like how they showed each of the Jedi moving into their final positions for Palpatine's grand plan. Yeah. And like how it shows that none of the Jedi masters for the most part were in the temple when Anakin attacks it. Or how Darth did, Vader. How did Palpatine plan out all this? Like, just think about how complicated his plan is. He had years. He's just a, he's a master planner. Like, I think that's why Palpatine's such a great villain and why he doesn't really stand up in the sequels because it's obvious in the sequels that he wasn't thinking ahead or planning. But we know him to be, like, an incredibly great planner from the rest of Star Wars. Yeah, do you think that was planned that uh, he used Force Suck? On, and even, uh, like, um, with up. Palpatine's son, not to... Am I breaking up? No, no. no you're good. Yeah, it was a signal. Okay, you guys are bringing up on my end. Okay. Um, the the other thing with uh, Palpatine's son not liking him in the sequels, not to do too much of a tangent, but we know that Palpatine serves as a good father figure based on like his entire relationship with Anakin. So it doesn't make sense that his son would have hated him so much for being evil, given that we know that Palpatine can be a good father figure. 
Didn't he call Anakin his, he called him son in Revenge of the Sith? Yeah, but I felt like that was, I mean, I definitely probably. Because like Anakin doesn't have a father, even though that technically is his father. No, it's not. No, it's not. They canonized that comic that came out under Disney. They did? Yeah. Why do you even read comics anymore? (laughs) Even if they didn't, no, he is not. I like that picture of him, like, he's like this like, creepy old dude, like, mani- like manipulating the midichlorians. <laughs> That's such a good com- scene in the comic. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So they show, the, they show all the quick flashes to all the Jedi and where they are, and then it, it cuts, cuts right into that battle on that giant bridge, which, fun fact, the reason it looks like the Golden Gate Bridge so much is because I believe George Lucas is from uh, San Francisco. Oh, wow. It looks you can like double, doing research. You can double check that, but I feel like I, I heard that in a video. Um, I loved the Obi-Wan and Anakin banter that like is so classic to the Clone Wars. And it's so obvious that they're so brotherly at this point. And we know that that entire relationship is just days from falling apart and i'm glad that they gave us one more look at that you know when anakin just like dodges the bullet was was that a little too overpowered no i don't think so i mean the guy's the chosen one he is the greatest general of the clone wars you know anakin is literally at his peak right now this is the best he's ever gonna be also um do you know uh, when when Obi Wan comes in and he he like destroys that missile coming at Commander Cody? Mm. So I think the reason, at least this is what I've heard, the reason they did that was to like even make even make it more heartbreaking that like Commander Cody like uh, was like forced to kill Obi Wan basically. Yeah, I thought that was a beautiful parallel, or I don't know if you'd call it a parallel, but it's sort of a parallel. Um, and George Lucas was an hour and a half from San Francisco. Okay. Yeah, that's San Francisco. If I ever become famous, I'm from New York City. <laughs> <laughs> More or less. The most important bridge in my life is probably the George Washington. Yeah, I don't have the most important bridge because it's a bridge. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> so, So why did Anakin need to kill the the commander droid so much why was that droid so essential because they're I the mean, smartest droid that does like all of the planning all the tactical calculations and stuff all the other droids are just fighters they don't think really they're they so plan. dumb yeah but the separatists were saving so much on parts especially with how high interest rates were <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, no, ignore, ignoring the interest rates because they just produce like an obnoxious number of these things. And again, the, the B1 battle droids weren't meant to be an army. They're meant to be a security force. And I think that true. explains why so often they didn't shoot fast enough. Like in Revenge of the Sith, when Anakin and Obi-Wan are in the, the elevator, they're like, drop your weapons because that's what a security droid would do. And yeah. that's what they're programmed to be. They're not an army that's programmed to just shoot immediately. They're probably the dumbest robots I've ever seen. No, that's not true. 
The ones from the techno union. Techno union are so bad. <laughs> so bad. They look like crappy flamingos. They do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they have a wide open shot on literally every single person down the hallway and they completely miss. Every time. <laughs> it's because they're standing on like the one leg, you know? <laughs> yep. Flamingos. Ugh, inaccurate. What did you guys think of the Last Jedi parallel with Anakin walking out onto the battlefield and then the droids were like, it's all, a trap. what did they say? Everybody fire on him? No. Yeah, that wasn't yeah. They, they, they said something similar to that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It didn't bother me. I it liked didn't it. Bother me. Um, I I think it. I think it. Maybe they were trying to give Ryan Johnson a little break there. But maybe like, oh, the reason Luke did that was because hey, like his father did the same thing. So don't hate that movie as much. I don't no. know. I think may- maybe the thing there is, I still think that the scene in the Last Jedi was a good idea. I just think it all fell apart when he was a Force ghost. Mm-hmm. And. So, so that's why I think it didn't bother me as much because it is a good idea for a scene. And force projection. Almost, force projection, thank you. Um, I liked it, actually. I kind of laughed at The Last Jedi at that moment, and it didn't bother me. And at the end of the day, it's part of Star Wars, and it's never going to go away. Unfortunately. So, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> I think we just have to deal with it, and sometimes when they tie into it a little bit, so long as it's not like overboard, it's kind of like a good moment to like laugh and be like, "Huh, that crap is in Star Wars." No, but it was a good, it was a good tactical plan, I guess. Yeah, I mean, people will probably say that it was cartoonish, um, but at the end of the day, it is a cartoon. And I know I kind of railed on the first two arcs for being a little overly cartoony, but this one didn't bother me as much because. I don't know. It was I good, think it was but... more what Clone Wars used to be. Did you yeah, know good. that might be a big piece? <laughs> um, I don't know if you if this came to your mind, but when the the clones of uh, uh, that was Rex, right? Were those Rex's troops underneath the bridge? Yeah, the five zero first. Yeah, so when they started flying with their jetpacks, what first came to mind was like that whole quote from Rise of Skywalker: "They fly now." I don't know yeah. if that came to your mind, but I was like, they, yeah, they fly now. Um, they've had jetpacks for a really long time. Yeah. Aren't you generals? Yeah. Like, shouldn't the you know about happened. the enemy? <laughs> it's, it has to do with the whole time and technology evolving for us. Like, of course, in the Star Wars universe, they always had technology, but we didn't always have the technology to show that they always have the technology, you know what I mean? But I think that Star Wars should try to pretend like this has always existed. Like, if it exists in the past, then Star Wars should pretend, even if in the middle stories it didn't showcase it, it existed in those middle stories just somewhere else. But it did exist. Boba Fett had a jetpack. Yeah, but he was a Mandalorian. That's true. I don't know. Whatever. I could rant on those movies for a long time, but we'll we'll stick to talking about something that's like actually good Star Wars. <laughs> Were any limbs lost in this episode? Oh. 
I mean, there's plenty of explosions and stuff. But I mean, you could he cut off the head of the robot. That's not a limb. Well, we'll include it. It's Star Wars. <laughs> no, but like I don't know what what it was, but like the seeing the uh, the clones like get blown up on the bridge. Oh, we're having Tim's video. We lost Tim. Oh, there he is. <laughs> there he is. He's back. I told you my internet was unstable. <laughs> I don't, like when they were fighting on the bridge and like the clones were just like getting blown up. Like it, like, like I felt that. You know what I'm talking about? Like we see clones die so often, but like for some reason in this episode, it it, it hit harder than normal. Yeah. Even though you know that they're it's... gonna end up killing the Jedi like in a couple hours. Yeah. Or a couple. Couple days. I don't know. What's the timeline on that, Tim? What's the timeline of Revenge of the Sith? Um, I'm not gonna call this fact, but I've always understood it to be three to four days. Man, that's crazy. I think it's less than a week. Yeah. I mean, I also think that they show every night that happens because mm-hmm. there's the night um, Anakin has the nightmares. And then the next night he goes to the theater with Palpatine. And then the night after that, he um, attacks Windu. I think. And then yeah, it's, only, it's, it's only probably like- nightfall by the time Padme gives birth. So it's, I think it's four days. Yeah. And then that's why, that's why you needed the Clone Wars to show his uh, turn to the dark side. Because, like, the, that movie doesn't do it justice because it's only, like, four days. People don't change in four days. Exactly. But uh, the other thing is, I think the dark side is almost like a drug where you, the more you use it, it's addictive, and it spirals out of control, and it takes you, takes you over. So I think that it's something unique to Star Wars. Like, we can't look at this purely from, like, how we would expect to see people in real life because in star Wars, I think it happens much quicker and that's why the Jedi are so fearful to use it at all. And you completely lose yourself. I mean, it's quite the good parallel between. And that's star why like Wars Darth Vader Star-Vader can Force. really be seen as a somewhat separate person from Anakin. Oh, Ben's doing the face again. He's doing the face again. Yeah. Wow. It's a good parallel between Star Wars and the Dark Side and Lord of the Rings and the Ring of Power. It's like yeah. addiction. It's a drug. It calls to Faramir. Boromir? Boromir. Yeah, Boromir. Well, Boromir's in the Fellowship, right? Faramir's the brother. Faramir? No, no, it gets Faramir too a little. Okay, but that's... I hate what the movies did to Faramir, but we're getting off topic. <laughs> Tim. But like the ring, the ring is like a drug and it attracts and it really tears down the people that it attracts, specifically men or humans. Yeah. yeah. Same Tim. way the dark side did to Anakin. Tim, can you hear us? Rip. Oh. Okay, well, it looks like it's just me. But I'll invite him back. Um, while I'm inviting him back, Ben, give us your thoughts on the meeting between uh, Anakin and Ahsoka, like when they um, meet on uh, the ship after that first battle. I loved everything about that. Ahsoka, first of all, when she shows up as uh, the uh, projection transmission thing, saying that she has to talk to them. 
like the I'm whole back. like the first four welcome back tim we're talking about ahsoka and anakin meet each other like the first okay. four times anakin tries to talk to ahsoka she's like not the time we got business to take care of and then finally when they're like alone and everybody leaves she's like all right what do you want to say <laughs> so I, I loved how they um they they made those clone helmets the same color as her face oh, yeah. out of out of respect yeah and i loved what anakin said about how loyalty means everything to the clones and i'm not sure how many people um caught the callback to when rex wouldn't stop calling ahsoka commander mm-hmm. in the original clone wars movie um rex told ahsoka that in his opinion experience outranks everything and like didn't want to acknowledge her as commander so now like after all these years she's like proved herself and rex is acknowledging that well that's a good connection that's, that's very deep that's fantastic. Man, I love this, this episode is, even more now. This is why Dave Filoni should be in charge of everything Star Wars. Yeah. Well, also, I, well, Lucas should be in charge of everything Star Wars. Dave Filoni should be working with Lucas on everything Star Wars. I don't know. I think Lucas wants out somewhat. He's old. That's a good point. That's a good point. And Dave Filoni was his student. Really? Yeah. Dave Filoni, like, I think Dave Filoni really liked working under Lucas, and they worked very closely together for years on the Clone Wars. Guys, picture this. Lucas becomes president of Lucasfilm again, and then gives it to Filoni, and it becomes Filoni Films. Oh, my God. Yeah. Filoni Films. That'd be great. <laughs> no, like, like Filoni Films. Like, just, like, take a seat, the sequel movies, and then this, and then this one episode, and just, like, see how... One is actual Star Wars, and then the other is just, like, pure garbage. It's so disappointing. Yeah. It's like, I also think, though, I think that this time period, the Clone Wars, is by far the most interesting in all of Star Wars and the most ripe for storytelling. Because, I mean, the Clone Wars literally put the wars in Star Wars. When you think about the originals and the sequels, there's war, but it's it's to such a less degree than the Clone Wars. Yeah. Like, this is an actual war, whereas the prequels and originals wasn't really a war. It was, like, a rebellion. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And it was always seen as really small in the originals. And then in the prequels, it was just the Republic. And, uh, well, episode one of The Phantom Menace, it was just a trade dispute. And then episode two, it actually became a war. And then episode three was the wrap-up of the war. Yeah. So it really was like a, a movie and a half of actual war. Well, because Even think, the sequels and the originals were just small. Would you call like episode four, A New Hope, like that last battle, would you call that a, like a full-on like war battle, like a battle you'd be fighting in a war? It was like, how many, like eight X-Wings versus a Death Star? I mean, for the rebellion, they were the rebellion at that, right? Yeah, they were the yeah. rebellion. So... For the rebellion, it was it wasn't really a war. It was a fight for survival and a fight against tyranny. Whereas for the empire, it was just like squashing a bug and like, oh, this is the first example of how powerful the space station is. Mm-hmm. Well, second example. Rest in peace, Alderaan. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best things Revenge of the Sith did. We finally got to see what Alderaan looks like on the surface. 
I love that so much. Tim, why? Okay, so we find out Ahsoka gets new lightsabers. Yep. Um, and they're blue this time instead of green. I have a feeling you're going to ask me a question I don't know the answer to. But go ahead. Why in Rebels are her lightsabers white? like white? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's not the question I thought you were going to ask me. Oh, that's um, the question I thought you were going to ask. I thought you were going to ask why they were blue instead of green. And Anakin said he improved them. I was just going to say he likes the color blue. I really don't know. <laughs> um, as far as the white lightsabers, Ahsoka is no longer a Jedi. She left the Jedi Order, and in Rebels, she actually makes it quite clear to Ezra and Kanan that she's not a Jedi and, like, even says, I can't go inside the Jedi Temple that they go to in Rebels because I'm not a Jedi. And I think that's why they're um, gray officially because Ahsoka's definitely a student of the light side of the Force. I don't think she uses the dark side, but in Rebels, it's understood that she's something else besides a Jedi, so that's why they're white. And my guess right now is there's nothing really – there aren't white lightsabers available, and that's why well, – Do you know how to get a white lightsaber? They bleach the crystals. Um, admittedly, I haven't read the newer comics on that. No. So a, a white lightsaber – well, first of all, there's lightsabers, kyber crystals. A red lightsaber is when you take a Jedi lightsaber or a kyber crystal and – dilute it and put the dark side into it and you corrupt it so that's why it's red a white lightsaber is when you take a corrupted uh kyber crystal and purify it through an immensely large process and difficult i don't even know what it is it's just like it's huge and it's a ridiculously long and difficult process that takes so much time and effort that so few people have them there was I there was one comic I think where, you're quoting older older canon that's not canon anymore though. Are you really over that too? Um the deal with red lightsabers now is you is the word that they specifically use is you make the kyber crystals bleed. Bleed. Is, yeah, yeah. Um By the way guys, I'm sorry for my dog if you can hear it. I like yeah. dogs. My dog's literally on my bed doing something i don't know he's like scratching his back scott what's your dog's name cavish cavish tavish t-a-vish yeah t-a-v-i-s-h tavish is now part of the life made easy podcast yes <laughs> welcome aboard yeah so a little bit of uh the point though I'm not sure exactly how she made the white lightsabers. Ben might be right. I, I might be right. I'm not sure what the current canon is because they've changed it a number of times. Um, yeah, Ben, do a Google search. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but the when point of her white lightsabers is to indicate that she's something besides a Jedi at that point. Maybe we'll find out, or maybe she'll lose the blue ones that she just got. That's um, what I was thinking. Like, she's going to lose them. Because they look like, I think they're the same. I think it's these two lightsabers that she has in Rebels, but like somehow they were corrupted or they were made to bleed, whatever. And then she made them white at some point because how often do you come across a full-length lightsaber and a mini lightsaber that are the yeah. same like, hilt, you know? 
I'm just so hyped. Cause do you think that next episode we'll see the Maul versus Ahsoka battle, or do you think it's gonna be like the one after? I have to imagine the main battle is going to be the final episode, but it's possible we'll get a smaller battle in the coming one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like the, one of the big questions is there doesn't seem to be a ton ahead of us. So it's going to be interesting where they take this. You have one hour of Star Wars time, basically. Or unless, unless I think that they're going to get all the way up to Order 66. I think it's going to happen. Oh, really? On Mandalore. Oh, so we're actually bleeding into the episode three? Yeah. I'm excited. Um. Yeah, so um so when Ahsoka's saying bye to Anakin, it's like you what, what does he say? He says like good luck or something. And then that's the last time they see one another before Rebels. Um and it was similar it was kinda it was kind of similar to in Rebels when when Anakin well Darth Vader he like she like breaks part of his helmet and like and she, and they look at one another and, and I don't know, the way he stared at her in this episode like kind of resembled that in a way, which mm-hmm. I found kind of interesting. Um, two interesting things on that scene. Uh, ben, ben figured out the lightsaber thing. It, I was pretty much right. Not to okay. quote, but like it says, this is, I did put in new canon, so this is new canon stuff. Um, I don't think this was an episode of Rebels because I don't remember it, but I could be wrong. It's starting about how... Uh, Ahsoka was fighting a Sith Inquisitor and defeated him with only the Force. And the energy that he put into it to make it red can also be removed after defeating the Inquisitor and sitting down to make her new weapons. Ahsoka purified the Kyber Crystals of the energy they had been infused with and added her own. Okay. If she had been a Jedi Knight, this likely would have resulted in the blades being blue or green or maybe purple or yellow. Uh, that might have been the Ahsoka novel. Okay, the Ahsoka novel. Yeah. Um, which I haven't read. But. Oh, oh, this is a really interesting sentence. For Ahsoka, they became white, underlining her status as a Force user, committed to the light side, but uninterested in the ethics code and priorities of the Jedi. So it's okay. not blue or green because she's not focused on fighting or focused on the Force. She's just she's not a Jedi, but she is a Force wielder with lightsaber. Cool. That's pretty dope, actually. I like that much more than Getting what I very deep. Yeah. The, the two interesting things I thought about um, that scene on the, the Republic capital ship with Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka. Mm. Crap, there they go. They're out of my head. Oh, the first one. Um, when Obi-Wan says to Ahsoka, right as he's leaving, may the Force be with you. And then... Anakin says to Ahsoka, good luck. I thought that it was interesting that they chose to frame it that way, where Ahsoka and Anakin are hoping to act on luck versus Obi-Wan is acting on the Force. And I think that that is a really good way to set up, like, these two are not acting in accordance with the Force right now. So I thought that was interesting. And I'm not sure if they're actually going to work with that as much. But I think that could be an interesting lead for the coming episodes. Yeah. I think that's 
a little bit of a flimsy theory, but I'm very interested to see what it takes shape as in the next episodes. For some reason in this episode, like I found Obi-Wan kind of annoying. A little yeah. bit, yeah. But okay, so my one and only major issue with this episode was when the Republic capital of Coruscant is under attack and Ahsoka says you're the Jedi are choosing politics over the people. I thought that her argument was very weak there. Yeah, I didn't understand that. I like I agree with the sentiment because I think right now the Jedi are choosing politics over the people, and that's why the Jedi are ultimately going to fall in a few days. But the issue is right there, the Republic capital was under attack. It's the most populated planet in the galaxy. And there's pieces of ships falling onto Coruscant. Like, that is not good. And the Chancellor, I mean, granted, he is a bad guy. They don't know that yet. You do have to protect your chief executive. I mean, yeah. how do they expect to fight this war without their chief executive? I know. So, and you're, and this is like the Battle of Mandalore. Like, these are all, like, we wouldn't call them, like, great people. You know what I mean? I mean, would we call but, the people on Coruscant great? People? I mean, they are people nonetheless. So, I mean, I totally agreed with a scene like that being in there. Um, but I felt like it was pretty flimsy in execution the way that they chose to set it up. Um, and as far as like, I thought Obi Wan had a phenomenal point about the 100 year old treaties that they would mm -hmm. be violating. Um, apparently, Ben disagrees with me a bit, but the the way that I always look at Mandalore is it's kind of like Switzerland in the real world where it's an incredibly formidable military power, but it's always neutral. And I think that Obi-Wan was trying to respect that, um, which is a valid opinion, even though I would tend to side more with Ahsoka that they needed help right now. I agree that it's, always neutral but switzerland is always neutral by choice mandalore is always neutral because it has all these treaties in place to prevent it from being dragged into wars and from people preventing people from getting dragged into their wars because mandalore is always at war with itself but it hasn't been at war with itself for a hundred years because it's changed its ways and i mean even switzerland like the reason that switzerland's so powerful is it's an old germanic power like the American Revolution had the Hessian soldiers that, um, I forget what Hessian is, but Hessian is one of the uh, provinces of Germany that the soldiers came from. And the Swiss, the, the Swiss to this day even sell, yeah, I said it wrong. The Swiss. Yeah, I was like the Swiss. <laughs> um, do have mercenary soldiers. I mean, the only place that they still sell to are the Vatican, but um, throughout history, they've always had mercenaries that they sell out. And I think that Mandalore is similar where it has groups of Mandalorians who will fight for these different causes throughout the galaxy, kind of like Switzerland. I mean, it's an older form of Switzerland for sure, but. I see the parallels. I accept your point. Okay. <laughs> All right. You, you won the lightsabers, but I won Mandalore. <laughs> well, let's go easy on that phrasing. <laughs> okay. I accept part of your point. Okay. It doesn't have to be perfect. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, all right. We finally get to see Ahsoka in her 
or at her full potential in this episode. Um, she no longer requires Anakin as a master or Obi-Wan to help her out. Um, I She's think a badass. Yeah, we see that. 100% yes. At the beginning of the Battle of Mandalore, they're flying in on the, uh, the Republic. And then, um, do you call them Death Watch? Or, I know they yeah, said they're not Death Watch, but... Not anymore, but a lot of them are the former Death Watch people. Yeah, like so... So I like that battle. Um, one, because it was in the air. And I, I don't know, I like the whole jetpack aspect of it. Once again, they fly now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and how Ahsoka, like, doesn't even have a jetpack. And I, they, they hint at that, right? Doesn't Rex say, say, say something like, Yeah, oh, Rex we, literally yeah. says, sorry, I didn't think to bring you a jetpack. She's like, it's okay. I don't need one. I'll race you to the ground. Yeah. Jumps out of the ship. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think we've ever seen, like, any other Jedis do that before, other than, like, Anakin. I thought it was fine, though. I mean, like, honestly, as I was watching it again, I was like, damn it, Ray. This is going to be controversial because everybody's going to be like, if Ray had done this, we all would have hated her. But I, the thing here is Ahsoka has seen war. She's been through all of these battles and she's been formally trained for, I don't know. There probably is an exact answer to how old she is right now, but I would guess she's 18. Yeah. That That's what I was thinking. She's been trained since she was around four or five. So she's got, I can do math for for 13 or 14 years of training so far. 18 minus four. <laughs> Can I do it? Got to get the calculator. <laughs> um, so I think that she justifies what she was able to do there. And this is, she's earned it. You know, we've followed this Jedi for this long through all these struggles versus Ray. It's always the first try every time. And, and I think that's the difference there. First and she time. didn't. Ahsoka didn't kill any three ships with the same bullet. <laughs> I was gonna say that, or <laughs> or that um, when she gets, she she flies the Millennium Falcon for the first time perfectly, but even better than the previous owner of the Millennium Falcon, Han Solo. <laughs> no, she she fixes the Millennium Falcon, whatever like damage it had on it in the force awakens i bypassed the blah 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 blah, blah. it's like, like oh, <laughs> she knows more I, about I, the I, ship I, than the owner of the ship <laughs> the reason yeah. that we all that we hate that well us specifically i don't know everybody else that we hated ray so much was she was just literally a nobody for so long and she was just good and great and perfect at everything she attempted for no reason and then, just then don't you like, know yeah, she's, she's a Palpatine? Palpatine. <laughs> but like, being a Palpatine, like, okay, maybe you have like force powers, like really strong force powers. That doesn't mean that you're a fantastic, like, I don't know, gymnast and swordsman. No. Like, you, don't again, inherit, you don't inherit skill. You inherit midichlorians. The so-called Skywalker saga ends with an internal battle between the Palpatine family. I know. It's the Palpatine saga. Anyway, go ahead, Scott. I have a lot to say. <laughs> um, Sidious said in The Rise of Skywalker, once you strike me down, all the Sith will go into you. All right, I got more to say. <laughs> so she literally kills him. So technically, and well, he's died before, so there shouldn't be any consequence to his death again. 
Um, he can just put himself in another Snoke body or something. And then at the end, you know, it's th- this is the best ending to Rise of Skywalker. She's on Tatooine. That old woman comes by and she says, who are you? And she's, I'm Ray. Ray Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> and then she just pulls out a red lightsaber and just like kills him. <laughs> That would have been the best ending because it that oh, makes yeah. more sense. But see, the does. whole strike me down and the Sith will join you or whatever. I don't know. Um, she had to strike him out, strike him down strike in him anger out. and revenge. Strike him out. <laughs> yeah, she had to throw a baseballs at him. She had to strike him down in anger and revenge. The he way of the Sith. He seemed pretty angry. But she, it wasn't. She didn't kill him out of revenge or anger. She killed him out of defense because he attacked her. And she blocked it. And right, once you start the force lightning, you can't stop it. (laughs) He'll never learn his lesson. He's died. Like, wait, this is the third time that he's, like, hurt himself with his own lightning. (laughs) Oh, the Senate. The Senate will never learn. (laughs) Anyway. So we hate Ray for those reasons. But we love Ahsoka because she... We have literally seen Ahsoka be trained and grow up since she was like what 12, 14 in the movie in the first that. movie or whatever. So like we actually as fans like have a relationship with Ahsoka through the show. And like we understand her and there's parts of her that relate to us in our own real lives because she's like humanized. Whereas Ray is just like I don't want to say it, Tim, but I know you want to say it. I'll say it. say it. Disney, in their effort to be feminist, turned her into an object. She's not a human being. <laughs> she is a prop to the story, and that's the shame of it. Well said. To be fair, I did not want to say that. I didn't not want to say that because I was afraid to say it. I didn't, I didn't not want to say it. <laughs> I did not want to say it because I knew that I couldn't say it as well as Tim. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's, a, it's a fair point. They're, as yeah. Tim says, they're character caricatures of themselves. Yeah. Um, you they don't aren't ju- characters until the ninth movie. Yeah. It was a shame because especially like Poe and Finn, phenomenal together. Great dynamics. Oh, yeah. And then Ray, to a lesser degree, had good dynamics with them. Yeah. We Should we bring it back to the Clone Wars? Yeah, yeah. Yes, 100%. <laughs> okay. Okay, so... The battle starts. They're uh, all the um, Tim. What do we call them? The Sun Five Hundred First. No, the the Mall Mandalorians. What do you call those? The Mall Mandalorians. Oh, Crimson Dawn. Oh, okay, Crimson Dawn. They're flying up, um, and they kind of have an advantage because they can. Well, they're harder to shoot since they're flying in the air and, and they're up against like big ships. So, yeah. So you clearly see how they can take over a lot of the Republic ships very. Uh, easily, um, which I don't think the Republic was. I, I didn't even expect that when the battle was starting because I thought it was going to be all on the surface. Um, I didn't expect them all to like fly up and try to and take them all down so early. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think that's why it made it made Ahsoka's uh, her actions so cool because like all these guys have jetpacks and she doesn't, and she's like jumping from ship to ship, just like hacking up like literally everyone. <laughs> And that was a phenomenal landing where, <laughs> yeah. like, the ship blows up behind her. I loved that landing. Yeah, me too. I Again, with the cinematography. Yeah. 
I love the first jump when she jumps out and goes to the next ship. She lands on top, and then she like like backwards somersaults or whatever in. And like since she knows these ships well, because she's been on them for so long, she doesn't even see it, but she knows there's that handlebar at the top, and she like reaches in and grabs it and like does like a split kick or something. Yeah. That was just so yeah. cool. Again, Great like animation. Ahsoka has a reason to know where that bar in that ship is, but. If it was right, she again. would just know. They would just know, but for no reason. <laughs> um, Back to the whole, like, explaining, like, instead of being like, oh, they fly now, and, like, assuming that it's a new thing rather than explaining the fact that they know that it's been there, they're just, like, throwing in that they know this. It's all mm. about show, don't tell. Yeah. Um. So I, I think we're approaching Darth Maul. So should I make a uh, public service announcement? Yes. <laughs> All right. So many of you are probably wondering what happened since season five of the Clone Wars and season seven. How is Darth Maul still on Mandalore? What did Palpatine do with him when he said he had other plans? There is a comic series that explains this. It's the Darth Maul Son of Dathomir. It's free if you have a Kindle, eight ninety nine on iBooks, or you could check your local bookstore if you want the physical copy. Um, it's four issues. And basically what goes on there, um, Palpatine takes him to a prison, then Crimson Dawn uh, rescues him. There's some battles with Palpatine, Dooku, and Mother Talzin. A lot of stuff goes, goes down. It's a good comic overall. Um, personally, I haven't read it, um, but I've read summaries of it. Um, and most people say that it's very good. Um, I have a quick question, that, Tim. Yeah. Grievous knows... Uh, um, Palpatine's evil, right? I don't believe so. Oh, I thought in that comic he fought with Palpatine. He fights Sidious, but he doesn't know that... Or I don't know if he fights Sidious, but he knows that Sidious is on his side, but he, I, he doesn't know Sidious and Palpatine are the same person. Oh, okay. Um, so... I mean, so this is kind of a spoiler, but as we said, there are spoilers. We don't get to see a lot of Darth Maul in this episode. We see him for what? A couple of seconds at the end. A couple, a couple seconds. Can we Basically a, a solo Darth Maul length. Can we go through that last uh, scene in the sewers? Can we break that down? I thought it was so cool. It was like a horror movie, like as yes. they're each just going down one by one. Um, I don't really understand their uh crimson dawn's plan there like they because what what's the what's the puppet guy's name uh for crimson oh the dawn? leader of the mandalorians yeah at the moment oh um begins with an unimportant <laughs> yeah to me that was like a little unimportant like, i don't really care about this guy even if he is like bad or whatever they just needed a mandalorian for darth maul to have a puppet yeah um I, that that whole scene in like the throne room, I thought it was cool. Um, we see, I'm so bad with Star Wars names. Uh, the sister, the sister, Bocatan Satine. Yeah, the sister to Satine. That's Bocatan. Yeah, Bocatan. Satine's um, dead, Tim. Spoilers. Yeah. I'm blanking right now. Did she kill him? No, she didn't. No, she didn't. Kept she him alive. Next to him. And he said. We wanted the Republic to come here so they'd bring the Jedi 
Yes, Tim. His name is Almac. Okay, so Almac uh, says we wanted you to come here with the Republic, which I have no idea how he knew they were going to come with the Republic. Mom. Like, yeah, because Maul can like see the future. Oh, okay. A bit. Um, that's kind of crazy when you think about it, because like a couple episodes ago, Ahsoka was literally with the Pikes in a prison, and she's the reason she got involved with the Mandalorians, who then connected mm-hmm. them to the Republic. So it's like, mm, how'd they see that coming? <laughs> I don't know, Jedi Sith powers. Yeah, a, a bit extreme on that on that front, but um, so it was a trap. They wanted Obi Wan. They wanted Obi-Wan to go into the sewers where Maul was. Um, no one knew where Maul was, which is kind of weird. Uh, so they wanted to lure Obi-Wan in the same spot Ahsoka was. But my question is, like, couldn't they just bring more clone troopers down in the sewers? Like, they didn't bring enough. Okay, so another thought on that. If this was real life, Ahsoka would have been in so much trouble as a commander that that many troops died that quickly based on her tactical decision. Yeah. Literally that whole time I was like, first of all, Jedi. Second of all, clearly a trap. Thirdly, there's a Sith in there. Clones ain't got nothing. She should have gone in alone and she would have been fine. But Maul doesn't kill anyone. Or, At least it doesn't show it. Or she should have taken somebody else with plot armor like uh, Captain Rex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally, for a little bit, I got confused when she was in the sewers. I thought she had, like, Cody with her or something. And mm-hmm. I was like, wait, did Cody just die? No way. That's not right. But her whole, like, uh, her whole b- battalion with the orange uh, mask died, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure everybody in there. Except Rex. But that wasn't the I whole I don't think battalion. Rex was down there. That wasn't the whole battalion he's got. Oh, okay. That was like six guys. <laughs> Poorly executed by Ahsoka. Would not recommend tactics like that. <laughs> I loved when Darth Maul was approaching and you just heard the metallic clicking. I was yeah, like, was great. oh my God, Darth Maul has metal legs. That's him. <laughs> <laughs> and I was then the, waiting for her to like do something. Like It was just six Mando, uh, Crimson Dawn Mandalorians. Like, she could handle that. Just do something. Yeah, you know? she she could have definitely handled that. Yeah. And then the episode just like cuts away. It's just done. I was so salty at that. I, I love surprised. a good cliffhanger I though. I still had a couple minutes left, and then it was just like the end. I was like, yeah. excuse me. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a good cliffhanger. I'm so excited for what's coming. Me too. Because like. Like even if a so, I'm guessing they're they're gonna hold her hostage or something like that. Um, but like think about it, they have like plenty of Republic soldiers like up top. Like like they won basically. Yeah. But I think that there's even more Mandalorians up there. Really? More of Maul's people. To me, it looked like they were just like killing everyone. I mean, Maul has effectively created like a planet-sized army for himself. Like, Maul has taken over Mandalore. Did you... I found it really cool how you have uh, clones in jetpacks fighting Mandalorians. That was, that awesome. was cool. 
Um, Again, I think Lucas was pushing the boundaries of definitely what was possible in 2014 and probably even what's possible today. I'm guessing that's really hard to animate is like people flying, like multiple people flying through the air in jetpacks. And through the clouds because they have to do all those particle effects too. Yeah. Like the transparencies are like changing, you know? Okay, so how about, yeah, so what do you, what are you guys' predictions for next episode? How are they going to start it How and how are they going to end it? What's going to be the main plot for the next episode? I definitely think they're going to start it exactly where it left off with Ahsoka and Maul in the sewers. And even if they don't start it there and they start it with like maybe up top or whatever, it's going to, like with a little intro with like Bo-Katan or whatever, I don't know, but then it's going to go to the sewers very early and it's going to pick up exactly where it left off. There's not going to be like, oh, they captured Sabuka and she's like in race at the moment. To me, it's like, yeah. why are they not shooting Ahsoka? You know what I mean? It's like... Well, the plan was for Obi-Wan to be there and Maul wanted to play with Obi-Wan, you know? Maul hates Obi-Wan, so... Who is... Perhaps Maul thinks that he can. Perhaps Maul thinks that he can bait Obi Wan to come with Ahsoka. Although the difficult thing might be there. That's a sentence. The difficult thing is we already know what's going on with Obi Wan right now. Yeah, we know he's not coming. And it's going to be difficult to add in anything where like Obi Wan is talking to Maul during Revenge of the Sith because it would be odd that that didn't come up yeah um well we know ahsoka ends up fighting maul we just don't know when another minor scene that we already passed did anybody notice that anakin says after i defeat general grievous and you defeat maul he's Mm -hmm. already assuming that he's going to defeat grievous Uh so when the council chooses obi-wan over him this is more of the added like expectation on his part yeah i didn't remember that but that's actually really interesting i have a feeling either the next episode or the third episode of the four episode arc is going to be the fight between ahsoka and maul i'm leaning towards the next one so it's like the first two are maul episode episodes Mm -hmm. and the second two are like the like order 66 what is Sophie's doing the next couple of days during Revenge of the Sith kind of thing? I can see I that. Give us, yeah, like post um, Order sixty six content. And like Imagine. what happens with Cody and Rex, and how Rex gets on that planet or whatever with that Walker from Rebels. Yeah, yeah. I I oh, think yeah. I think they can they can really hit the nail on the head if they just give us scenes right out of Revenge of the Sith or take place this at the same time and just give us a different perspective of, about what was going on in other locations that it didn't show. Because think about how much was happening in Revenge of the Sith. They couldn't fit it all into one movie, and that's why they had to do, like, the cuts from every Jedi getting killed at once. But yeah. I feel like now, well, they have three episodes to do it. Um, they can easily and show And no a- time limits. I mean, this episode was 29 minutes as opposed to 23, and the next couple could be even longer still. Yeah, like even I, if they just kept consistent with the half hour, like that's still an hour and a half of time to expand. Imagine how they could 
make the storyline they could they could change star wars a lot um by showing us scenes that weren't in revenge of the sith to like maybe even like make anakin's turn to the dark side even more um meaningful meaningful yeah i would love that at least i feel like at least give us more with like how those all those jedis died because yeah. we, we got like what three seconds of each one dying barely at some points yeah i hope for just a general idea of like what each jedi was doing on each of those planets yeah and give us more with sidious honestly and, and i want Duco. that so yeah. bad like Sidious, has he even been in the season yet except for flashbacks i don't think he has i don't think so and like the show, did the show Dooku's face at one point? They have Sue Grievous. No Dooku? No, they haven't showed Dooku. You've literally only shown one of the four major bad guys and a second one for like three seconds. <laughs> like, come on. But just think about like what Clone Wars has done now for the story. Like before this, we had no idea that Maul was this important. We had, yeah. we had no idea that Maul was even alive at this time and, like, there was this big battle going on. Yeah. I love Maul's storyline because he's it such a great character. so many storylines. And the fact that he's in Phantom Menace, barely even speaks in Phantom Menace. Like, he only speaks... Doesn't, he, don't they, doesn't they add words in the new release, newest release? I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Um, but then after that, he's just dead and it wasn't until clone wars that he was actually a character Mm -hmm. so cool so we have a lot of we have a lot of loose ends to tie up i hope they answer some questions that people have or maybe just like give us more easter eggs to revenge of the sith or just maybe the whole star wars universe in general i think they will i trust dave filoni with my life Mm -hmm. honestly i do too for real well, because I think they're realizing now that, like, at least our generation, like, grew up with Clone Wars and or Episode 2 and Episode 3. Um, mm-hmm. And, well, for me, like, Episode 3 was the best. And it's like, the, if we can just get more, I don't say this. It's like, get I a mean, bigger, bigger per- perspective of what was going on. I think that this entire season really is an apology letter for Episode 8. I think that's why it exists. You think so? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Because it was only like two months after um, episode eight was in theaters that they announced that this was coming. And I think it was a response to the backlash. Like, here's something we know you'll love. Honestly, if Dave Filoni drops the ball, he's going to be hated forever, regardless (laughs) of Rebels and Clone Wars. I don't know. I mean, even if this was bad, like if these these episodes were the same as the previous two arcs, like in quality, I would be like, that's odd that Dave Filoni messed up, but he's done so good on so many other projects or so well. I know, but I feel like this tie-in is so huge. Like if you dropped the ball on something else, like it'd be fine. But this is like so important like to the tie-in, like Scott said, to the uh, to Revenge of the Sith. Like if this, if the last few episodes are like, worse than the previous two arcs like damn but like but like what you said tim if they're just as bad i mean just as good as the previous two arcs or a little bit better or whatever it'll be fine 
let's be real here. It's very the it's very easy to end this series, in my opinion. It's I think it's hard to screw this up. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. And I think Dave Filoni almost has an Obi-Wan um aspect about him where he can't mess up now. Like he's so like perfect. Like nobody could ever hate Dave Filoni at this point. Yeah. I don't know. That's just my opinion. But it's a good opinion. Um going to final thoughts. Ten out of ten episode for sure. Oh yeah. I give well, it a ten out of ten. Nine and a half. Oh, What's the half? The next four the next three episodes. <laughs> but this isn't relative. <laughs> I, I, mean, is relative. I can't give this a ten, then the next three episodes be better. That's when you just break your scale. You you give them elevens. <laughs> no, no. This was an nine to me, and a half. To me, this totally deserved a ten out of ten. And if the next episodes are better, then they're breaking the scale because this go. was essentially perfect with one error that I saw. So arguably, so a nine and a half. No, because I don't. I don't think you're ever gonna get anything that's a hundred percent perfect. You just agreed with me. <laughs> if you can't get anything that's 100% perfect, you can't have a 10 out of 10, which means it's a 9.5, Tim. Okay, fine. I'll draw mine to a 9.5 just because you can't have perfection. 9.9, but I'm prepared to break my scale. Apparently, the number 9.99 continuing on forever is the equivalent to 1. And I can prove it. <laughs> Because apparently there's no number in there's no number in between point or point nine 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 continuing and one, so therefore they are the same number. So point nine bar, point nine repeating forever. Point uh, n equals point nine bar. Okay, you multiply both sides by ten, you get ten n equals nine point nine bar, and you subtract n from the left and point nine bar from the right, so you get nine n equals nine. Divide both sides by nine, you get n equals one. But wait, n equals 0.9 bar. So 1 equals 0.9 bar. Boom. I heard it here first. <laughs> and that actually makes a lot of sense if you think about the multiples of 0.9 bar. 0.9 bar times 1 is 0.9 bar. 0.9 bar times 2. Um, 9 times 2 is 18. But if – so not 0.9 bar times 2. The first point, the 0.9, is going to become 1.8. But then 0.09 times 2 is 0.18. So the one in the tens, tenths place adds to the 0.8 in the tenths place and becomes 1.9, uh, 1.98. But then since it continues forever, every next digit, the tens digit for that multiple is a one, which is added to the previous yeah. ones digit, which is an eight. And that happens for every single multiple, not two times 0.9 bar, three times 0.9 bar, 10 times 0.9 bar. I mean, just turn into a math podcast. Yeah, it has. we just gave a math lesson <laughs> on the podcast. Okay, so Not we can long. agree this is one of the best episodes of Clone Wars. Um, if you guys would leave comments in the comment section about what you thought about this episode, we'd love to hear them. Um, as always, likes, shares for the podcast help us out a ton. Ben, would you like to say something? I was just thinking about what's point nine bar. If instead of times ten, we just did times two. It's the same thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, you can find us on YouTube if you're watching this, um, like the, the video uh, format, or you can also uh, listen to the audio format. Um, we're available on all podcast networks. Um, we appreciate all the feedback you guys give us. And we've been actually getting a lot of support, especially on our YouTube channel. We're up to 25 subscribers. Um, and our goal is 1,000 right now. We, uh, we set the bar very high. Check out the TikTok. Check out, <laughs> oh, yeah. Po- I've been posting on that. <laughs> um, if so we get to 1,000 subscribers, be prepared for a huge increase in quality, new equipment. So when we start making there. money. <laughs> if, this channel, if this channel gets to 1,000 subscribers by December, by 11.59, December 31st, 2020, I am buying an Xbox Series X. I thought it was 100. No, it was a thousand. It's a thousand. We're gonna make it to a hundred. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, we'll get to a hundred. Come on. Um, so yeah, guys, we'll see you in the next podcast. Adios. Peace out, guys.